and uh, could have could have also used their DJI mic. Yeah, I could. I, I, I can use that as well, but the quality is better. Yeah, it sounds much nicer. Podcast. That one's already really melted. That's why it came in plastic. All right. Okay. Yeah, it looks really good. I think I need to lunch. Yeah, I'm hungry. Welcome to. Uh, I think this is. I don't know what episode this is. Four or five of season three. Pushan's back. First public uh, episode has him in it, and uh, and now he's back a year later. Yeah, I feel like I'm on. The couch of my therapist here. Well, we're here to talk about whatever yeah. you need to. This cheese. is cheese therapy. Space. <laughs> we are on the road to citizenship as far as the cheese goes. We're in round three of the cheese. We have a dozen cheeses. This one is, is the middle ground for price. The first time around, it cost me just over a hundred bucks. Yeah, but you also bought way too much cheese. Well, that's right? the thing. This time it kind of came in the same way because the third, the second time, I, I, I put Emily in charge of it just in hopes that she would be better at like, I realized I could have asked for less, but also it was just like a last minute thing. So thanks to Emily for helping again. Um, so she got it down to like 30 bucks last time, but it was all really standard, mostly cow cheese. Yeah. And then this time we're at about 70 bucks. And this time it's because there are a bunch of these that came in huge portions. Um, Bread included? The bread was a euro fifty, so that's you know for a tradition, and which is actually a hike in price, isn't it? Yeah, I mean prices have been going up. Don't get me started. Prices are going up. Uh, oh, I'm gonna get you started. So got some pickles, got a whole bunch of different cheeses, um, and yeah, today one of the things I thought we'd talk about because when I, I do need to get into um, some app stuff, just to kind of cover. There's a lot going on, and it's really exciting. So definitely want to talk about that. But with Prushan specifically, want to talk both in how he's hopefully going to be a part of that a little bit and also how he was going to be a part of what was going to be the road to citizenship a little bit with, we were going to travel around the country and make a, a series of videos this year as I get ready to become French uh, in exploring France and what that meant to me to become French and all of that uh, with his insight as well, having grown up here, having a lot of uh, different experiences here and his own insights. And, uh, and then we ended up, binning it but for a number of reasons and i think it was a good choice but kind of sad that we've now we went from road tripping around france to letting france bring its cheese to us yeah not a bad uh, alternative but yeah the first project seemed really good but it also was too too big i think for now but yeah, maybe, a little maybe, bit ambitious maybe for another day date maybe We'll see. Actually, I still want to. I, I still dream of getting a car and road tripping around the country. So hopefully that that's happens. That's still going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's that's. I mean, that's what Cooper's whole purpose is for. He's he's a road tripping buddy. That's right. That's what he's here for. But we can also jump into these cheeses right off the start. We, yeah. The way I've been doing this is just a what chunk of time. Here? So the first we have a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, this one actually looks like a German name, but Cœur de uh, oh no Neufchâtel. It's not. It's French. Neufchâtel. So that's uh, Neufchâtel. Uh, then we have Saint Marcelin. Nice. Tom de Savoie, mm. uh, Comte, Douze Mois, so it's not super old, but yeah, we're, I've big chunks in honor of Pudam as well. She's cheap, not here. Cheaped out on the 12 months. Okay, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, Banon Fermier. I put it on a fig leaf here because I think that's a fig leaf, isn't it? It's a leaf. It's a leaf of some sort. It was yeah. wrapped in them. Uh, it was very classy. Oh, I thought you were forging that up. No, it, yeah, they no. came wrapped in them. Yeah, I just went out and found that in my, you know, in my fig garden. Uh, the Bain Fermier, and then we have the Brie de Meaux, mm. which came in such a huge, it came in a long tranche, like a long slice. And I was like, I've never seen it come like this. And then I opened it, and I was like, oh, that's because it came from a massive wheel of cheese. Yeah. It was just huge. Cool. So that'll be really good. I was like, Brie de Meaux. I was like, I've never seen it come in something that wasn't round. That was weird. Um... Then we have Bleu de Cos, Bleu de Cos, excuse me, Croton de Chavignol, uh, Saint Félicien, 
There was a Pyramide de Moreau, and on it he wrote uh, Valencé. So I don't know. It said Valencé written on it, but the way that it was described here is Pyramide Moreau, and because it was in a pyramid, that's how I knew what it was. Okay. Goat cheese? Yeah, with, it looks like ash on the outside. And then uh, Roquefort. So Roquefort Carl, and then uh, Salé, was it Salaire? Salaire Vieux Tunnel. Do you we know got, what that one is? Yeah, we got a few classics here today. I'm excited to take... I want to hear your I take on I this. I haven't tried this one. That one That one looks really good. It, it came in a massive square. Okay. So if you like it, I will send you home with a big chunk of it. <laughs> That's the only reason why I'm here. <laughs> it's so good. It looks... It smells really good. It's, yeah, I mean, you, you got you got some of the big... You got the heavy hitters here. We got yeah. some really heavy hitters, uh, yeah. Came I, a good day. I feel like we've already done one or two of these, but mm. maybe in just different styles because these are all protected like what's the AOC the origin uh, appellation d'origine contrôlée yeah. yeah so the they're all at like a protected level or another there are a couple different ones but that doesn't mean that there isn't some crossover so mm. we might there might be two different types of brie or two different the Conte I think I feel like we had did Conte but whatever I'm not I'm not going to complain if I have to eat Conte twice you can always have I have Conte at my house every single day so good just in case it's just a really good cheese it's amazing um so that is the list of cheeses that we're going to get into um today and you'll get to enjoy listening to us if you're not watching this on youtube i did just load this into youtube podcasts as well so if you like to listen on youtube music or have that option to watch them i can't get video podcasts working on spotify unfortunately because you have to be in like the states i think there's like four countries where it's available and you might have to be exclusive or it's like an exclusive feature to spotify so mm. I didn't even know they had that yet. They do have video podcasts now, yeah. which is just basically YouTube. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be to be straight up about it. Um, so why don't we just dive into this, actually? And then I thought we would talk in, uh, a little bit about uh, road tripping around France. Have you have you been to, like, you have you tried all of these cheeses except um, for this one? I don't think I've tried this one. Okay. This is a variation, I think. Yeah. Uh, the Bleu. I think the rest I've tried most of them. Yeah, I feel like I've had all of these. Maybe no. not this one I, exactly. I don't think I've had Valencé. Something that looked like that for sure. Or whatever that is, a Pyrénées Moreau. I don't know what to call that, honestly. That was confusing. I wrote the extra name down here because it was... Anyways, let's get started. We're just going to jump in and try it and tell you what it's like as we eat it. This one's not very well separated. Do we have a knife? Okay. Yep. I tried to pre-separate everything, but boop. And I toasted the cheese. Or not the cheese. The, the cheese. bread. I toasted the bread lightly. Okay. Just for the experience. But right, so these ones are untoasted if you don't want toasted bread. So are you going to... So we're going to go through this in okay. order. All right. Well, so what, what are we And we'll do them like four or five at a time. Okay. So go for it. Cheers. Mm. I think we did... Chatel last time. I don't know what the difference between that and enough Chatel is. I wish I had a strong enough memory of what the Chatel was like. This has got a strong flavor. It's got really strong. Mm. It actually tastes almost like a blue. Is there a particular order to these? Or are we. I'm just eating them in the order that I've got the most in. So okay. Because we're going to go from strong to. Light to back to strong. We are. It's gonna, gonna be like it's gonna be like a roller coaster. We are on a roller coaster, and yeah. the the blues are, look like they're next to each other, but they're not. There's a separation. Um, okay, yeah, definitely had this before. Um, creamy, strong, an acquired taste. I would say maybe. Yeah, it's yeah. very aromatic and not a beginner cheese. 
Yeah, it's got a little bit of a little bit of astringency. Um, Ooh, good word. I'm not a not a cheese expert. Neither am I. We were trying to avoid the word tangy too much, but tangy is a word that ends up. This would be a tangy cheese for sure. Try to think of a cheese that is not tangy. No, that was really uh, good. Yeah, yeah, it was a good Conte's start. not not tangy. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's, a, that's a start. All right, um, all right. Let's get this this messy one here. For those of you that are listening, I mean, this is going to come out like the day, the same day that we're recording this for my patrons, um, and we're Thank going you. to be soon. We're going to be asking patrons who are interested in joining us uh, for beta testing for the app to basically apply for it because we're just going to try and find about 10 people to help us get started with that. Um, so I don't have exact details on that yet, but keep your eyes peeled. And we'll talk about that a little bit more as this goes on. So this one is the uh, saint Marcelin. Mm. What are your impressions? Yeah, um, I got ahead of you there and already ate it. Okay. Smoother, mm-hmm. uh, softer. It's great. Great winter cheese. Mm-hmm. It is getting warmer again. Spring is around the corner, but yeah, it's one of the classics for me as well. Yeah. I can, yeah. I don't, I don't buy it often, but it's it's often there. People's mm-hmm. houses. My sister, I think she can eat like a whole one of these. I can do a whole one. It yeah. came in a really small little wheel. Mm. Um, Let's go really good with some wine. What I just what you saw there was an exact, you know, slice from the, the wheel. So mm. that'd be really good with wine, and that would spread really well too. Like that oh, would yeah. be a good one to have like a a, a fig conte or some or fig jam like a compote. Yeah, my favorite thing about this is um, also like trying different cheeses with different breads. Also, that's also, mm. also really nice. Oh, that'd be good. And obviously, if you want to take it up, yeah, I was going to say I did not go that far I with did not the go wine. That far this yeah, wine. no, no, this is for this is for another. The wine would be good, but we. So I do have a wine that mm. we would have drank, except I think we both don't want to drink this afternoon. That's a bit early on a yeah. Wednesday, a little bit, but uh, it's a Thursday. Thursday. I don't even know what day it is. So, but it's called a uh, it's called a uh, melting pot. Melting pot. Melting pot. Okay. Which is a very French franglais play on words. Yeah. Pot is uh, buddies in French and melting, obviously. So it looks like melting pot, but uh, melting put, like bringing friends together. Anyways, or, I thought it was fun. Or melting your friends. I have no idea what it is. Or melting your <laughs> melting put. Uh, so this one. We're getting into the harder cheese here. Well, this is the Tom de Savoie, which is actually mm-hmm. softer as far as Tom, tom goes. Uh, I know we already did one, a harder Tom. Thumb. That's a nice gentle cleanser right there. Yeah. Like a little interlude. Mm. I mean, Savoy has some amazing cheeses, and yeah, Tom de Savoy is also yeah. Today is, as I said, a lot of heavy hitters. That's a lot of good cheese. Yeah. That's a really good cheese. Mm. Also, really creamy. Tom is one of my favorites because it, it does spam. It's like if you're not so Tom is a very good beginner cheese because it's not going to be super strong. It's got a really nice soft flavor usually, and it can come in a harder form. It, like this is softer, but it's still kind of a hard cheese. Um, and anytime I see Tom as an option. Uh, I go for it because it's always a winner. Mm. I feel like there's no, and it's one that you don't like. Conte is always there. Tom's not always there. So when it is there, it's like, it's a, it's a good option. It's still very pop. I mean, it's still very readily available, but that's kind of my take on it. Yeah, what's, what's your, I mean, let's take Conte aside. Cause I feel like that's a, f- a fan favorite. Go-to, yeah. What's your, what are your favorite cheeses to buy? Usually? Just for your consumption. Yeah. Tom is up there, obviously, like uh, Brie, which is why this Brie de Mo is blowing my mind the way that it came. Mm. Is pretty, is a good, pretty standard one, especially for a picnic. Like, you want to bring one that people can dip into. It's really good. 
Um, it's going to be picnic season soon, hopefully. It is coming up. Yeah. Why? What's your, aside from having Conte around on hand all the time, and Punem, Pushan's mom, I always, if for any holiday, that's what I try to bring is like the oldest Conte I can find. Yeah, which is the next one we're eating. And uh, yeah, usually here you can find four, 24 months, and I've had 48 months once, which, wow. is, which is exceptional. I think you can have even older. 36 uh, is usually where you get start getting the good crystals in it. So Sometimes at 24, you yeah. get them as well. Uh, There's none in this. Uh, mm. This is 12? This is 12. The mm. older it gets, the more crystallized it gets, and the crystals are actually like, um, I think we've talked about this before, but they're, it's like a lactic crystallization, right? It tastes kind of like salt. Feels like salt, but like it's uh, it's not. I always thought it was salt until somebody explained this to me, and um, it's it's delicious. It's where it's at. Mm-hmm. This is good though too. This is also really soft for a conte. Yeah, I feel like it's it's been out for a while as well. Mm-hmm. That's why. I'm, yeah. yeah, usually like refrigerating them, so you get that nice crisp flavor, mm. uh, texture. Uh, my favorites, yeah, conte is def- definitely up there. I like brie, uh, Saint Marcelin. I like a lot. I like bleu as well. Mm. When I'm in the mood for it, not every day. Um, I like chèvre a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom de Brebis from the Basque Country is like hometown classic. One of my favorites. Um, yeah, um, I like also I, I I like fresh cheese as well, like the kind of like a ricotta style as well. Um, but if we're looking at the French ones, um, yeah, those mm-hmm. are. I'm looking forward to getting on these blues because blue cheese is something that I. It's an acquired taste as well, but it took me a while. It's one of those ones where I feel like the philosophy that I have generally with food has been to give everything as many tries as it takes to get to at least appreciate it if I don't like it. Mm. But blue went from being like something I could appreciate to recently I feel like being something that I really like. And so like every time I got a little sample of this when I was cutting it earlier, I was trying not to taste things early, but I, I it was these are really good because you got a lot of different flavors in those. Should we? Are we going to go for that, or are we saving? I think we can pause for a second. Yeah. What I wanted to ask you actually um, was for you because you have a you have a complex relationship with your um, sense of nationality and so forth because you're. Uh, I don't even know if we can call you a third culture kid. I feel like you're a fourth culture kid. Um, does, I hate those terms. Okay, anyway, don't call me that. <laughs> You're a human being. Yes, um, thank you. So, but I just think that but it's a it's a it's a way of trying to right describe a complex relationship that somebody has that I think the average person doesn't understand. Right, mm, like that's where it comes from. It's yeah. it's not trying to label you so much as it's just trying to help bridge that gap of like, especially when I was like serving on the ship, and now that I've lived abroad and just for a long time, you run into more and more people who, when growing up in the same place, like I grew up in one place didn't leave same people and then finally left and having done so you don't really have a way to relate so easily to people who don't have the same strong sense of belonging to a place mm. beginning there even if i wanted to leave and get out of there as badly i still felt like i that's where i was from yeah um for you then because you you were born in france and have spent obviously a huge chunk of your life in france if not the majority of it what is it to you what does it mean to be french um and what what is its importance to you, or does it have any importance to you? I mean, yeah, it's it is the place that I've lived uh, the longest. Um, what does it mean to be French? I think oof, that's a tough question. I wish I would have prepared for this uh, <laughs> on the spot. Being French, I think it. I mean, every it's, there's so many different regions and so many different ways of answering that. I feel like a lot of people who come to Paris and just see Paris as representative as France, they're missing out on a lot of the countryside culture. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, you know, I, I do like Paris and I like 
what it you know it offers in terms of culture and everything but you know going back to the south for me is always like what how i uh, where i feel the most comfortable and i don't know because for me it's uh it's i grew up in in france but it's uh, it has another culture there it's uh, the basque country so every region in france though will have their their own culture so you have you know you have the kind of the national culture and the regional aspect as well um for me it's i don't know if i can answer what it means to be french because i have so many other things that come together so i'm never just french sure and maybe it's when i travel that i you know i feel more french because then i miss certain aspects like you know the food the wine the bread the cheese um the impossible yeah i le dépaysement um, <laughs> no uh, which is one of the words that doesn't exist in other languages mm -hmm. it's like a top five words that don't exist in can you try to just translate it for our audience um, I think it's the longing no it's no no dépaysement means when you are completely when everything you think you know about a country I was going to say it in French um, if you want to say it in French first then we can translate it in English Dépaysement is like when you when you're completely away from everything, all your points of references. Mm. I feel in your country, which f for France would be, if a French person goes to Japan, and um, I hope this is right because last time I, I went, it was right, and you don't see many signs that are not in Japanese. Yeah, and you know you don't have any points of references that you can you know uh, feel comfortable with, or you. Uh, that you have in common so that's like yeah. every, you're thrown off completely off all your axes it's kind of like feeling unanchored yeah <sighs> yeah um so well i think I'm, i'm but i'm curious also for that as far as like because i will never in the way that like our french friends who live here have always lived here or maybe you know were raised like monocultural the same way that I was monoculturally raised American. Like I will never share that same base. You have way more cultural references and way more touch points than I do here. But neither do I though. Like I don't feel like, you know, a lot of French families on Sundays, they'll have the family meals and everything. And they'll go to have, you know, they'll have the grandparents, the uncles, and they'll have a huge table meal will start, you know, at, at 12, but then they won't start eating till like one, one and then they'll, you know, kind of, there'll be the appetizers, the main dishes, so many different dishes coming out and you're, you're kind of just spending the whole afternoon there having some wine, maybe dessert, then cheese. And then, and you know, it's kind of a, uh, a moment where everyone, you know, catches up. Um, I don't have that, you know, like yeah. I grew up as, you know, with my Indian uh, upbringing in France here. Um, and a lot of those are fun, but a lot of those I've learned through friends as well. Yeah. So kind of in a similar way to you coming here and enjoying uh, certain French traditions, I feel. Yeah. And yeah, I feel that for me being French for me is, um, is, you know, a lot of it boils down to like the culture, the food, uh, not to be reductive, but it, 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 it is the main points for me. Um, a sense of exploration. I feel like when I, uh, when I travel abroad, uh, I'll meet a lot of like-minded French people. Mm. Uh, and that's what I think about it the most. I don't really think about what it means to be French here on a day-to-day -day basis because yeah. I see, I mean, most people that we come across in, in France are French. Uh, 
Except for Paris, Paris is very Paris cosmopolitan. Is very mixed, yeah. Um, but you know, you you don't think of that. You don't think of like, oh, what unites us here? You know, except if it's like during the World Cup mm. or something. Yeah. There's a huge sense of being French during sporting events, but uh, on a day to day basis, you don't really have that. Um, but when I when I'm abroad, I think and and most of it comes down to like you miss kind of chatting. Uh, you miss uh, sitting down. Um, even if you don't know the person, because most often you're just getting to know them when you're abroad. Um, um, like for example, uh, I was in India and uh, I met this French lady uh, at yoga class, and uh, I think uh, we bonded over first of all because we're French. Uh, I think we wanted to complain about the teacher a bit, which is you know I guess you can <laughs> say that's a very French thing. And we had a coffee, and we um, yeah, and we we just you know we we like to enjoy those little moments. Uh, a coffee with an American would be quicker. We, you know, we took the time and yeah. got to know each other. And it was, there was a lot of, you know, French elements to it, which were, uh, yeah, just kind of uh, enjoying things and not trying to be in a rush, you know. Yeah. And I find that more abroad personally, but that's just my experience. I think, yeah, well, it feels like that it's highlighted by contrast, right? Like, I, I think that for me, I, I, have, I have moments I notice that when I look back and see what the American equivalent would be or how I would have used to, how I would have done things in the past or how, you know, things that were uncomfortable to me when I got here are now what I'm comfortable with. That's when I see like, there's a change. There's like, um, and you don't, it's a slow change. So until you, you contrast that with where you used to be, or you go back to the States or you, do you have an example of the situation? Well, I mean, just talking about like Sunday dinners, like I did not know what to do with myself, Sunday dinners or like picnics. French picnics to me were insane because a French picnic is just sitting on the blanket the whole time. Like here we are food drinks. Let's talk. That's it. And in America, it's like, where's the Frisbee? Where's the football? Like, let's play. Let's do something. There's always activities around it, you know? So in a, like that kind of stuff, like sitting for four hours, just being together. Well, I think that's, that might be a Paris thing also. Cause you know, when we don't have space here yeah, too. If, yeah. you, if you go like, I'm not to quote my, where I grew up, you know, all the time, but if you, if you go to the countryside, I'm sure there's going to be some of that stuff. Like, yeah. Maybe some more so. Or like, you know, have a ball, kick around a ball, pass, pass the rugby ball. That's around. true. Yeah. That's true. I was trying to think like, cause even when I lived in Nice, it was very like yeah. sit oriented, but then when we get out to like a place like Grasse where there was space, right. Then Changes something everything. would happen. Yeah. yeah. That would change things. But I think it's that thing where the, like the Sunday dinners though, too, mm. like we're literally just going to sit here for four hours. Like, I and I love that now, but when I first got mm. to that, I was like, I I would get itchy. And or do you have like some reverse culture shocks when you go back to the states? Like, for example, when you see people eating very quickly, like you do you think they don't take enough time? Or I sometimes yeah, sometimes actually I wonder like where do people like how do people get? I don't, I don't understand the lifestyle anymore. Actually, sometimes when I go back to the states, I think it's partially because like I work for myself so i kind of already set my own schedule yeah the freelance structure is also it's very different very different to start off but then it's also that thing of like yeah like where i feel here and maybe this is a a paris thing as well and that that is a conflation that i'm always going to make because most of my experience is parisian Mm -hmm. but like here it's like you get off work and not always but when you go to see friends you go to see friends and like when we hang out with our friends it always it always rolls into something else it's like, it's, it's very rare that maybe this is just our lack of self-control, but it's very rare that it just ends with coffee. Like, oh, well, let's, we can go down over here and grab like a drink and then, oh, well, we, let's grab dinner. And like things very easily roll into something. There's a more relaxed sense of time mm. when you're not working, when you're with friends, even if you're not sitting in one place for four hours, your one hour coffee can easily take four hours, just morphs over time. 
And I love that. And I feel like in the States, when I go back, everyone's on a schedule. And definitely, I noticed that as well. It's so hard to even find time. The only reason anybody has time for me is because I'm visiting. And if I were to stay there for a month, I wouldn't see them anymore. No. Yeah, you're right. I, I, I always have this example in New York. A lot of my friends moved to New York and, you know, I lived there for a while as well. And, uh, whenever I'd go there, I'd organize a big dinner for them. Yeah. And I mean, not for them, but we'd, we'd all get together and eat. And I'd ask them like, Oh, so how often do you see each other? It's like, well, not since the last time you came. You yeah. Know? But I know that, you know, when I live there for, you know, extended periods of time, then I don't see those same people because you just kind of get, you're part of the scenery, right? Yep. Yeah. Then get used to you being there but yet. You don't see each other. It's, it's a thing. And I think, yeah, I don't know. There's that. There's like the, I always also, when I go back to the States, I feel, I feel the crunch of the expense of everything mm. where I feel like everybody, every business in the States is actively trying to squeeze what little more it can out of you. So whether that's prices increasing or going to subscription models or like the fact that like cell phones were originally expensive to help pay for the expansion of networks and then those prices just never came down, you know, like things like that, where you're just like, people are used to this, that it, people are used to these prices. So why would we reduce those prices? And there's a lot of stuff like that where I'm just like, wow, like if I move back to the States, how, how do you afford to live in America is now, now my question when I look back at it. Could you, could you see yourself going back to the States at any time? I don't think so. No. I know you, well, well, where you have ever since I've known you, you've thought about going back to New York in particular. Is there? I'm still, I'm still as confused as ever as to you know. Also, there's a lot of factors that are involved. You know, it's coming huge. into play for my where I'm living. But yeah, uh, for me it would be. But I don't know if I consider New York to be representative of the U.S. It's like, like Paris being City. representative of France. So it's. Uh, I don't think I've ever lived in the U.S. Uh, except when I was, I'd lived in the suburbs for a while, but I was yeah. very young. So, but as an adult, I haven't lived in, um, outside of big cities yeah. right, in the U S. So would uh, you want to eh, never say never. Right. I don't think it's my first uh, choice, but, um, I do have a lot of family there. So who knows? Who knows? This I, is good. I like this. So let's drive, jump into some cheese and then yeah. we're going to get... Imagine what this Speaking would cost, family, like, uh, how much this would cost this in the would, US. This yeah. would, one of these would cost 70 bucks in the US. Yeah, yeah no, for sure. It's, I mean, that's another thing that I miss. Like, honestly, I in the States, I miss strong flavors. We talk about this all the time. I miss salt. I miss tons of flavor. Yeah, you, I, but, I you like salt. I love salt. Yeah. But... Too much. <laughs> but I, when you're in the States, I miss this. Yeah. I was in Asia recently and we had just one of these cheeses and I mean, it's incredible. It's like the things you'll do when you're abroad, when you miss certain things that, you know, you spend, you know, five to eight euros on here, yep. you will spend 30, 40 bucks abroad. The irony is that in the that's States, that's what it means to be, <laughs> that's what it means to be French. In the States I spent, I bought a, like a truffle, what was that? A, uh, a truffle, I forget what it was. It was something, it was, it was an amazing cheese that I, it was, might've been a truffle conte or something, but like mm. something really, really good that I saw. And I met this French guy at a market who's selling French cheese. It cost me like eight times what it would cost here. And I was like, no, but I'm doing this to introduce my family. For one, my family didn't even appreciate it really. They're like, yeah, it's okay. I was like, what? And then for two, it, the opposite is here. I'm spending eight bucks for a bag of flaming hot Cheetos. It's like <laughs> the, the inversion of roles and like quality there is not lost on me. Like the irony is not lost on me. Which are very rare to find. Oh my gosh, yeah. You have to go to the American snack shops and they are really marked up. So we're going for the Benon Fermier is this guy here. On the fig. Uh, yeah, on the fig leaf. It's a very soft cheese. Just I just left the fig leaf for presentation. 
soft, but it's not melting quite like the other ones. I really enjoy the texture of this one, the creaminess as well. I would say it's a softer, uh, it's a soft, it's soft on the palate as well. Good beginner soft cheese. Oh, great cheese. It's got, it's got some depth to it as well. Yeah, the, um, I never know. I got to, this is why I got to go get an education so I can properly uh, describe what I'm experiencing. But there's like that almost, um, metallic kind of acidity that like initially started and disappeared. And then all of a sudden just kind of like coated my tongue in a way that was really pleasant. And depth is the right word for it. Like there was a richness to it. Mm-hmm. That's very subtle. Mm-hmm. But really present. That's very good. And where's this from, you said? Uh, there's Benon. Uh, what is it? Benon Fermier. I don't know where it's from. Okay. I've never heard of Benon before. I've had this cheese before or something very similar. Yeah. But I don't recognize the name. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't know it. Okay. Now we're on to our first blue of the day. I think, oh, no, no. We're on the Brie, Brie de Meaux. This is the one you've been looking forward to. This is the one I've been looking forward to, yeah. I've been to Mo. I went to the place where they, because Brie, so Mo, Mo famously claims that they created Brie for Charlemagne. And they, when you go out there, they actually have like, basically like a, a cult around it. It's kind of like the, the Masons, but for Brie. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> so it's a bunch of dudes in robes, old guys in robes. Who literally sings songs about brie to you. As soon as you enter, they'll throw a creamy brie at your face. Which is exactly why I went. (laughs) (laughs) So I went for a thing. I have a video about it. You can actually go see it on YouTube. Um, Okay. Went to the whole thing. And uh, it was really funny. It was way too much. But um, it definitely stuck with me. It definitely stuck with me. I do love a good brie. How are you you enjoying it over there? I haven't tried it yet, but. I played it. Wow. I I, I put it in my mouth and took it out and already had the full experience just from that. All right, we're getting to a higher level here. Yep. After that last one, this is a, like, you're not a big, well, this is to find out if you're a beginner or not. If you like this, you're at the intermediate stage, I would say. If yeah. this is too much for you, stick to what we're calling beginners. Test the waters with this one to see if you want to go to the... This medium spice. The blue, yeah. Mm. Oh, there's a big jump from this to blue, though. Blue, blue is very much an acquired taste, and I mean, usually kids don't like it. Um, it's, I, yeah, it's like it's, it's like it's like you know, what, what do kids? What do kids like? What do kids like? What sugar? I'm trying to compare it to another ingredient that kids don't like: spinach. Spinach. Yeah, sure, yeah. spinach. Well, some kids like spinach. yeah, but spinach or it's got um, a strong flavor. You know, yeah, maybe they can't handle the vinegar. Vinegary flavors, yeah, yeah. Mm. definitely strong. It's definitely Chil- one that chilies. <laughs> you're gonna like this. Uh, your weird uncle. Will complain. In, unless your weird uncle's in France and he'll be the one bringing it. That's true, dinner. actually. He'll be bringing something way weirder. <laughs> you can also bake a brie. Um, honey on top, right? Uh, Throw it in the mm-hmm. oven. That's a good way of softening that. So if you have a brie and you're not sure about it, a baked brie with honey is great because it also comes in a little wooden circle that can survive the oven. So, And some brie are much fresher and in, even in terms of taste will be much lighter and some of them will have, you know, like truffle. Yep. 
uh, mm. truffle down the middle. That's really good. That's just, I mean, that's And honestly, I forgot because Brie de Mo, I forgot the reason I liked it was because it's stronger. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think this is on the stronger end of Brie. So if yes. you get like the commercial Brie, much lighter. It's going to be a lot lighter than this. I was so. actually expecting, uh, when I smelt it, I was like, ooh, that's a, okay. I, that's it was a surprise. Yeah. yeah. That's like, oh yeah, that's why I like Brie de Mo. Gets you going. All right. This blue is a uh, Bleu de Cosse. Okay. Feel free to correct any pronunciation mistakes I make along the way as well. All right, let's go back and look at every <laughs> cheese. Then. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. I love that right off the bat. I would have hated this 10 years ago. Wow, this with a glass of white wine would be incredible. Perfect. Like a Chardonnay? What would you pair this with? He's doing some more wine education right now. This dude is a wine buff. I know. That's that's actually one of the hardest questions to answer. Is it really? Yeah, because this one has a lot of umami flavor. Mm, I'm not going to say anything on record right now. Let me okay. think about it. I'll All get right, back to about it. Yeah. If, you, if you feel like going on record, feel free. Definitely I would go white. I mean, you know, people always think go red with um, with uh, cheese. But uh, for this one, I don't know. For some reason, it's so... Because it's crispy I would in the flavor, like, right? I would go for an uh, acidic, acidic wine. Mm, yeah. yeah. It's um, a- something more acidic than a Chardonnay, I think. <sighs> Really that good. is very, very good. That was so good. And here in France, you'll find pizzas with Brew. Do, mm-hmm. do you enjoy those? I don't think I've ever tried one. Because, I mean, obviously pizzas here can get a little funky. Sometimes they'll throw an egg on it or yeah. some fries. The only problem I think, the uh, re- I would want to try one with like a firmer crust because I feel like a, Nap- a, a Neapolitan pizza that's already falling apart with mm-hmm. Blue would be too much. Also, the, the four cheeses here is with... Blue, right? That's true. Yeah. I never get that. Yeah. Neither do I. You know what? Maybe, we should next, try time, maybe next time we should get one of those. Oh, definitely. Mm. That's we we also should someday re- revisit our like international pizza project. Yes, that'll be amazing. So this next one, we have so many unfinished projects that are just floating around in our heads. Uh, Croton de Chavignol. You know, unfinished, but you know, then we'll coming, materialize. Coming. Yeah. Uh, did you hear what I said on that one? Croton de Chavignol. Yep. Okay. Listen to that. So this guy is good pronunciation. This is a lot. Thank you. This is a lot of. Um, a lot, a lot of mold on the outside of this is what just struck me when I picked when I grabbed it. I shouldn't have said that before you ate it, maybe, but like no, I mean I don't get freaked out. Actually, a, I don't think it's a lot, but it was like a pillow. I don't know. Just when I grabbed, I was like, "That's hmm. oddly soft." I love that texture. It's very soft. Like it's almost dry. Yeah, but it's, it's like, soft. It's like almost to the point that it would crumble, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm, exactly. I was expecting it to crumble a bit, but very good. I've Ooh. never, I've never had this one. That one would scare most people away. I think if you're not into blue cheeses or like the idea of mold being a part of the cheese experience and I take this with a grain of salt too, because like, I don't know hundred percent for sure that that is mold, but I'm pretty sure it is just from the, the look and texture of it. But that's I like, that was such a tame flavor. If somebody were to tell you, I've got a moldy cheese for you. You would have no idea. You would have no idea unless they told you. Also, if you're freaked out by mold, just don't have cheese at all. Like, <laughs> just don't be one of those people. Just don't look into what how yeah. cheese is made. If you like, you know, cheese is cheese. You know, so just coming in with an open mind. But mm. some of them, I mean, these are on the spectrum. They're they're not even close to like the strongest cheeses you can find. No, like there are cheeses that most people, even most French people, will not go near. Yeah, I think we've already done one or two of those actually. Yeah, mm. is it not Morbier? But um, what was the one that we did that looks like a brain and that was super strong? Oh, you told me about this. I forget the no, name. No, we did it on a video once at we your did? apartment. Yeah, remember we did five stinky cheeses? Oh. 
That's I don't remember the name. I don't remember it either. Oh yeah, that <sighs> it looked like a moist brain when you took it out, and we could barely eat that one. I remember. Yeah, it was really strong. Yeah. That was really strong. I don't. I think that one yeah. was actually unpleasant all the way through. Yeah, I'm happy with this. See, so yeah, there are. You, you're lucking out. This is well, also yeah. uh, unfortunately though for you, uh, Chevre is not in season right now, and we're Emily keeps going back for seasonal cheeses, which is great, but we're gonna have to start. It's gonna get tricky. Might have to. We might have to postpone some of the goat cheese mm, moving yeah. forward. Well, I'll be back for those. Absolutely. So we, should we do this super melty cheese and then uh, get back to talking about yeah, sure. French stuff? I can try to scoop this up for you. Here, you got it? Okay. It's so funny. If a, if, a, if a cheese ever comes wrapped tightly in plastic, there are two potentialities. One is that it's going to absolutely melt or fall apart when it comes out. Two, it's so stinky that they're double wrapping it to keep it from getting out. So when I opened this, I didn't know what I was getting and it turned out to be a melty cheese. <laughs> Very melty cheese. Yeah. Very gentle. Mm, but what is mm. You know what I just what what how would you describe that? Well, so you're there's like a sudden, like it started out really soft and then there's a sudden spike on the outside of my tongue that was like, I would call like bitter, I think. I think it, it was acidity as well for me. Acidity is where yeah. I was going to start with it, but then the more I thought about it, I was like, that's... There's a, there's a bit of a bitter aftertaste on this yeah. one. I think it comes from the crust, mm. um, but it's surprisingly fresh also. Yeah. I think it's like, it's fresh, acidic, and, and, and but very strong. I forgot to say what we were eating there. Sorry. That was the Saint-Félicien. Mm-hmm. Very good. Funny. You this bring, would go well with a red wine. That would go really well with a red wine. Could have popped that bottle. Could have melted the <laughs> melting puts. Yeah, exactly. Um, mm. That's really good. Yeah, good stuff. Okay. Uh, I think we're down to just three cheeses left, so we should probably hold off on the cheese for okay. just a second. Yeah. But feel free to eat some more bread or whatever. Neither of us have, have had lunch, so... Yeah, I was gonna say you left a little bit of that blue cheese. I was like, "What are you doing?" I was I was tempted to take that. Well, that one's really good, super salty. Isn't that good? Yeah, like just bam immediately. That's most, most people when they come to France and they try that, you know, they're put off, and I can understand. It's like there's some meat dishes as well. Like yeah. you know, have you tried andouillette? Mm -hmm. I hate andouillette, but I I could try it again. Yeah. Have you Have you tried it on camera yet, or? I don't know, actually. I was vlogging when I tried it, so probably. Because it's that is an acquired taste. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I will, uh, you know, if you ever want to do that, uh, if I'll, you ever want to film that, I will uh, help you film, but I'm not eating it. <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm not ordering that. The way I would describe Andouillette, as far as flavor goes, is just gray. I think we need to Imagine eating meat, but you describe it as gray. To me, that's that that describes it. But interesting, it's been a long time since I've had it, so I'm definitely down to try it again. I thought you were gonna go, uh, yeah, because you can say a lot of things about. You can say a lot of things about it. I, but you know what? Let's 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 save that for. Uh, we for, should do. Uh, we should maybe we should make a video like the grossest French food, and try it. The thing is with this, the reason that I like this, I was thinking about it a minute ago. Is it's the same evolution that I've had with spice, mm. and it also misses. It's it hits something that I miss here, which is strong flavors. Yeah. So that for me, this is this has become a thing that I. It's salty. The flavor is really strong, and there's something about tolerance involved in it that's like building up a spice tolerance. Where I'm like, oh, I like this. Yeah. I, yeah. For a long time, I wouldn't eat this as a teenager. Yeah. I, I would stay away from it. 
And now when I see them, I'm like, oh, I, I want to try it. Yeah. yeah it's always and, the one I tried last. Well, it's like spicy yeah. food. It's like you develop a, a healthy fear of it when you're young and then you have to like don't come back into it. Don't know it. what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. You yeah. always love spice. <laughs> Some of us were born very white and very far from the rest of the world. <laughs> a very <laughs> unhealthy relationship. It's like, I have to have it and I can't. Were you always into spice ever since you were little? Yeah. Okay. I remember, yeah, my uncle is, uh, who doesn't eat spices anymore, doesn't eat chilies anymore. When I say spice, I mean like the heat. Yeah. I don't mean spices because that's a whole different thing right. in France that they don't know how to differentiate between hot and spice, uh, which is very different in my book. But the heat part of it, uh, yeah, I had an uncle who used to always, we'd, all, we'd have chilies on the side and we'd always yeah. fight for it. And uh, since I was a kid, I remember. We're, I definitely, I, this is actually a total side note, but a reminder, I, I, we need to, do the uh, the hot ones challenge again? Oh yeah! And I I need to order the sauce kit. My dad's coming to France not too long, and he can bring it for me. So, but the only problem is if anybody out there knows how to get the original de bomb sauce, apparently they don't have the original sauce anymore in the kit. Like they've got the bomb like evolved or evolution, which is supposed to be more palatable but isn't as strong. S- slightly watered down, I heard. Yeah. Well, we yeah. I think didn't you try both? I tried both. I mean. By the time we got to the bomb, though, we were so hyped up already. It wasn't as powerful. The bomb was the the best one there, but yeah, I was, yeah, I, I'd like to do it again because I I was a little disappointed on the heat level. I kind of feel like what we'll do if we do because I want to do it as like a live stream, anyways. I think it'd be a lot of fun, yeah. and I think what we should do, at least for you, I'd be I do this with you, but is start with the bomb, fresh, flat, but so th- that you get the the full kick. Because I feel like we built up to it, and that's not as strong. But anything you do after that, if it's lower, you're not going to really that's enjoy true. it. That's true. Like, it's like cheeses also. Yeah. yeah, it's good to go crescendo, right? So, yeah. Uh, but we should, there's definitely ways of coding it to get more of oh, it. We'll, we'll, uh, get, we'll do it much we'll more thoroughly. Maybe we'll get Matt to make some gourmet We should get wings. Matt to make yeah. some chicken wings, actually. They would be delicious. Matt, who's already who's the last guest or two guests ago on here, phenomenal cook. He's not only like a brilliant mind, but he's a really good cook, so... That's a really good idea. See if you can wrangle him to do that. Yeah, I just volunteered him. You did just volunteer him. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's perfect. So, like, I guess for me, oh, so well, let's we can make a, a little transition here as well um, in the the conversation towards because uh, Matt is actually helping with that was a terrible segue, but Matt's helping with um, the app a little bit right now. And for those of you listening, I think just to kind of give a quick little update there, the whole idea right now for us is to get the PDF which um, the vast majority of people that have uh, bought it, as far as their surveys and stuff go, are very happy with it. And it's like, how do we improve on this? And making it more accessible through something like a web, a web app to start, and then we'll see where that goes, is the way that we're going about it. So we're doing a lot of testing and a lot of trying to figure out, like, how do we make this work? And then we're going to come to you and, and hopefully find that it does and that it's, it's very good. Um, but my hope is to spend basically the rest of this year focused on just working on developing and improving that to make it the best possible travel companion that we could have. Um, except for Cooper. Except for Cooper. He's a pretty good travel companion. It's actually, it's very true. It's really true. Um, with you, like in all the traveling that you've done, because you've been everywhere, you've... Uh, yeah, you've been to a lot of places. There's so many places that I haven't been to. That's yet. true. Well, you just that's how that, that 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 just means you're aware of how how many places you've been in a way. Maybe not. Fair, <laughs> but, fair, fair, fair. But I mean, you've been you've been all over the world, and um, and your career has been very up to this point. Um, I, would you say that it's been? I actually, I want to ask you how much the division has been between travel and food and the focus of your photography. 
But then also how that's informed both because Pushan's very good at finding places that are good to eat. Um, I think it's a, just a, a, a talent that he's developed. So all I'm trying to get around to here is definitely answer the question of on, b- before I speak for you as to what your career has been, you can let us know mm. where you feel that balance is. But then is it through that experience or like how have you gone about uh, honing your skills on finding good places to eat when you're traveling and how much energy does that take? It takes a lot of research. Yeah, you put in a lot. Uh, I mean, I don't know, not a lot. It's just that I I know what I want, so I, it's there's very targeted searches, yeah. right? So I know I want good wine, I know I want good food, and usually they go hand in hand. Um, I mean, a lot of it is you know word of mouth. Also, obviously, a lot of we live we live in a you know in a world of like information, and you're getting bombarded with like top ten places in you know all these countries. So you know sometimes it lines up, and if I'm planning a trip to Barcelona and I, I see all these articles go by with, you know, uh, best places to get, you know, natural wine in, in Barcelona, then, you know, I Google Maps, my friend, you know, I just, I do that. And then um, usually what I do is I'll try one of them. And when I get to the city, then I'll talk to the, uh, the staff and they will be like, if I like their spot, they're going to tell me where else, you know, to go. Yeah. Um, and oftentimes I have, you know, 50, 60 places that I, you know, I want to go to and I end up going to maybe three or four mm. and sometimes repeat on repeat. Sometimes, sometimes you discover, I like to get, I, I love to just walk around, not only get my 10,000 steps when I'm traveling, but also just to take photos. Mm-hmm. A lot, I know a lot of people like to bike around, but for me, biking is, it's fun. Um, if I don't have my camera, cause then I, it's, it's just not as easy to stop for me and enjoy the moment. Um, and walking around, you find a lot of cool places, and a lot of the times places that are not in those guides that you know you know how, what I feel about them, like this whole Insta uh, phase and you know media kind of recreating the, these top ten lists and kind of recycling them. It's just for me, it's utter bullshit, and it's you know it's a lot of just being friendly with the media and to get your name in there. But anyway, not to say there's they're bad spots. It's just that there's so much outside of that yeah. off the beaten path, right? That yeah. is worth. And sometimes you don't find it. And sometimes you find like divey places. And I mean, you know, some, it's, maybe it's not your thing because it's not, you know, it won't look good on your fucking Instagram page. And, you know, but the experience you get there is, I don't know. And sometimes you go in there and it looks great and then it won't turn out. So it's kind of, you know. You take your risks. Yeah, you got to take your risks. We, we had that in India recently where we, uh, we went into a little dive bar Mm-hmm. Um, and that's right. Really unassuming. No one really knew what it was from the outside, and it was actually really cool. Um, and sometimes you'll go in there, and it'll try too hard, you know. And yeah. so you never know. Um, but to answer your question, uh, yeah, usually a bit of research, and then mostly talking to the people who live there, because a lot of times the staff that go to the that work in the places that I I go to are not from that place so they also have that kind of urge to explore yeah you know and obviously if you get a local then you'll get a different vibe you'll get the more local stuff the traditional stuff yeah which maybe i didn't get in my research because uh, you don't have time to look at all the yeah and that's not the yeah. stuff that makes it into the onto the google maps or onto the into the blog post written by expats or people that are moving in from somewhere else either right right yeah um and in terms of like what proportion of my work is travel and food i think it's been it's been mostly, it's been pretty even until COVID. And since COVID, it's been more food. Mm-hmm. But I think it's going to go, it's going to get back to uh, more travel. Yeah. Uh, but it's hard to, it's hard to do travel without food. 
right? Like, what's yeah. the first thing you think of if you're planning a trip to to Rome? It's like, oh, where am I going to get the best food, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's like I don't just do landscape when I travel. It's mostly it's you know it's you you get a nice snapshot of the city, details, people, and food and drinks is always there. Yeah. Can't well, get away from it. That's I'm, the first thing I'm thinking of. Yeah, from an old fat kid, like that's all I'm thinking about. <laughs> food, good coffee. Good spot to get a drink. Coffee, yeah. Coffee is also one of those that... Coffee is a good leader, too, because I feel like it's yeah. it's kind of like wine. I feel like also it's a good trick that, that that you've used. Like when we went to Barcelona, it's not just good wine, but it's like specific types of wine, right? Like you're looking for mm-hmm. particular subcultures almost that then you just know are going to align better with your tastes. And it is a great trick. Like asking people, it's amazing how many good recommendations you get really quickly just by buddying up to, you know, whoever's running the place. And sometimes they can tell you, Oh, the one you had there is, you know, you know, maybe don't go there. You know, yeah. Unless, you know, everything else is closed. There, there will, they'll let you know. Yeah. That place is just for Instagram. But, but, al- but also coffee, like you mentioned coffee, like I like having, you know, like, Oh, why do you have like, you know, a hundred places when you're just there for a weekend? It's cause what if you, uh, what if your Airbnb or your hotels in one spot and it takes, you know, an hour to get to the, the next uh, to where your stars are on Google Maps. Yep. It's always good to have like to walk around and be able to stop for wine, coffee, or craft beer if you're into craft beer because that's a big thing. Also, cocktails, uh, ice cream, cookies, whatever to have all the options, right? Yep. So I don't like to stop and think and research like, oh, this is what I got to do. Yep. Which is why like you know, what you're doing with your guide is, you know, great because then people, you've done the work for them, it's curated, so go buy Jay's guide. <laughs> Please do. Uh, but I think, well, that's going to be the, the fun thing. Like, what we initially, we're not going to be able to do the geolocation stuff I want to because we're just testing the basic version on a web app. But when we get to that stage where we can do geolocation stuff, we'll be exactly that where it's like... Seamless. Yeah, yeah and that thing where you're like, well, I'm here, I just want to look. And instead of also, one of the main problems I see with all these travel apps that I've used or that I've tried, like Mapster even that I do use with my patrons, mm. um, is it's just overwhelming Like the, yeah. because you see everything at once. And so instead I'd rather, and my goal is like, I just want to hit a button that says I'm hungry and then shows me three options nearby, nearby. And then if those don't appeal, then I can look at more, but it also just says, well, these are all within a few minutes walk mm-hmm. or 10 minutes walk. Go for that. And then it's always with you so that if you end up, there are some places harder to do than others, like the 14th. I'm going to have to go do a little more research, but like it's there. And then if you can find it sure. and then help people to just cut out the thinking, like you're saying, and just go for it. I think that's important. But I think like, I guess for me, it's the same kind of thing. Like with, with my guide here, and my style is kind of the opposite. Like I, I, when this, I think this is partially to do with my daily vlogging brain, but I never, I never did research before I traveled. I basically got myself there. I had a place to sleep and then I was going to figure it out when I got there. Mm. And that's kind of the same way that I operated when I moved here. And so everything in my guide is like, because I stumbled on it for the most part, there's like probably 10% to 20% that has grown over, over the years because people did recommend it to me. But it's like that Sando that I stumbled into when I was making the chat GPT video. Mm. And I was like, I don't want to eat at this place. These guys are jerks. And I was like, well, that like <laughs> that Japanese place looks pretty cool. And I went over there and just like checked it out and it ended up being amazing. <laughs> Are you, are they in your guide? Because you just called them jerks. They are not in my guide. <laughs> okay. There's a place next door to them that's in my guide, uh, but they're not in my guide. No, that's that's the thing. I mean, there's so many options, and every day there's more restaurants opening. And it's not just the Paris thing. Everywhere in the world, people like people love opening restaurants. Yeah. Like there's more. I think where to 
We just keep getting more and more restaurants. We've never had this many restaurants. I hope it just keeps going. So the and options are endless. Well, and then the place is closed, so it's like that's kind of the, the cool thing about doing this in an app instead mm-hmm. of in a guide, too, is like the PDF, I was only updating once a year. Mm-hmm. And even in updating this one, it's probably going to go out with some some mistakes in it because I just noticed, we, we hopefully we can still edit this before we send it out, but there's like a place that closed. Like mm-hmm. between yeah, having verified it a couple months ago and then like now it's it's closed... And then I've found a couple of places that I'd love to add. But so the nice thing about having the app is going to literally be that when I walk up to a place, I'm like, oh, it's closed now. Or I find out it's closed. And then I just go in and I delete it mm-hmm. and remove it. And then it's gone. And then if I find a new place, I can add it, which is what I tend to do with Mapster. I definitely add in Mapster. I never remove from Mapster because it's overwhelming. Again, I don't know how to go through and find everything in Mapster. Oh, yeah. Um, so just having that tool to be able to do that and to share that for here. And then hopefully in the future, we can go to other cities as well and and kind of slowly build up the same thing for people if they like it. I think that's kind of the hope for me is like, I don't have to, what I'm building, I don't doesn't have to appeal to everyone. It just needs to find its audience. Like the people that like to do what we do, like they're going to go find oh, for sure. yeah. natural wine, craft beer, specialty coffee, like whatever topics you're looking for. There's uh, There's restaurants for everyone, you know, there's all levels, so... Yeah, I think uh, if you like, I mean, I think we have a good spread. But you know, if you're if you're into like you know high end uh, caviar every day, uh, you definitely that's a, it's a different might be a different one. Yeah, or if you want to go to Cafe de Flor, it's there. Uh, literally everybody knows about it. So what's that? <laughs> it's that thing. Well, it's like it's the same thing with like that. Like ChatGPT sent me to this place that is popular, and uh, and I could have gone, but it is that thing where too. Like there are some places that I include that are. That you'll find anywhere, I think, that are popular, but also worth it in my mm-hmm. mind. And then there's a lot of places that I'm just happy to skip on. I mean, because you know? they're popular for a reason, right? Yeah. Not always. That's the thing. Sometimes they are. <laughs> Sometimes not so to, much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, a hundred, hundred thousand Elvis friends can't be wrong, right? But if you do want to go to Cafe de Flo, like, for sure. Go for it. Yeah, yeah it's, give it a try. It's beautiful. And, and you'll have great Parisian looking photos for sure. You will. Like, and the, the service staff are so nice, actually. Yeah, it's changed over the years for sure. They, I think the, the, the whole, well, s- service here is still service here, but I was impressed. I actually was like, these guys are really nice. Um, you know, it, it's not my vibe for a place. Like it didn't, I didn't feel particularly comfortable. It was very crammed, but like the fact that like, and the fact that I spent like 10 or 11 euros for an espresso and, uh, a croissant. Solid. It's a little bit much, yeah. uh, but. Which are the prices in New York. Listen, if you're looking for the experience, <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're looking for the experience, you're going to get the experience. Should we get back into this? Yeah. What's the next one? I think it's the pyramid is next. Yeah. Pyramid. The right. Valencie. Let's. I was going to say earlier that with like, it's funny cause with, we having had to take a test for my French recently and then doing like the little language learning thing I did with italki and oh yeah thank you uh I'll just great he's putting if you can't see this on if you're not watching this Pushan is being kind and loading up a piece of bread with some cheese for me that works um this some of the fresh cheese this is the thing for me where it's like, I feel like my pronunciation in French is mostly bad habits because I have the ability to pronounce I'm pretty sure every sound in the French language, maybe not to every accent, but do I? No. <laughs> Wait, do you have a bad accent? I don't have a bad no, accent. What's your question? No, no, it was, oh, it was, I'm just, oh. I'm just highlighting the fact that Sorry, in, was... in, in all that, in all this talk about like, um, having to make sure that my language is a certain level to get mm. citizenship. And I'm, I'm in a place now where I'm very, very comfortable with my French. Like I'll never be at the same level as my English, but like 
it doesn't stress me. No situation where I have to speak French stresses me out. It's just mm. another language for me yeah, now. Which is great. Yeah. Which is wonderful. But the funny thing is then accent wise, like I do not sound French. I don't sound American, but I also sound maybe Anglophone, maybe German. Somebody called me Swedish the other day. So it's that thing where it's like, this is the, this is actually, maybe this is the question. Feel free to go ahead on the cheese there and I'll, then I'll follow suit. I guess the question is how valuable is it to get my French to sound French or is that something that I should even worry about as I become French? This cheese is instantly in my nose, by the way. Really good cheese, by the way. Mm. Kind of reminds me of Chevre. Yeah, it might be. It is. It is Chevre. Um, so do you need to sound French? I don't know. I think that's a very subjective question. For me, I've I've come across all types of, um, I don't want to keep saying Anglophones because it's expats that have, you know, uh, learned French and some of them um, just don't even try to, um, you know, to change their accent. And But they have a really, like, but they have a mastery of the language and some of them are really good at mimicking accents but have very li- but have a you know a more limited vocabulary. So mm-hmm. I think for me as long as you can speak to everyone and have and you know be be heard and understood um, I think it's it's okay you're never going to have uh, I mean you could I think you could do it but you would have to I think you'd have to get English out of your mind and uh, immerse yourself maybe for like a few years. Yeah, and then your accent, you know, would start shifting. I think, who knows? I mean, there's probably people that have studied this, and you know, they're and they would say I'm completely wrong. Or, um, but I, I, I think for you, um, you're as long as you understand the cultural uh, situations and references, and um, that's hard. But on a day to day, no day to day, yeah. No, but you've been there for me, enough. missing. Some pretty like yeah, it's hilarious for me. So I don't want that to stop. So. <laughs> um, Smiling and nodding, and you're like, "Did you understand that?" I'm like, "No." But also, that? yeah, you should probably uh, keep a little bit of the American accent just to get out of certain weird situations. I do get out of a lot yeah. of trouble. Yeah, be like, "Oh, sorry," or you've started just kind of saying "sorry" in English occasionally. Like, yeah, oh, uh, if you know, because that's a that's a get out of jail is. for free card. Oh, I'm right sorry, I, I I don't speak your language. <laughs> I thought this. Dumb was free. <laughs> what do you mean? You have to. I thought this was a socialist country. Isn't everything free? Um, so no, I, I don't think you need to. Um, yeah, I don't think you. But it's always better, obviously. But sometimes, if you if you sound uh, too good in a language, then people will um, expect you to be more fluent. Yeah, I don't know because I I've I'm I've had that situation in Spain when if I say only a few words, people think I'm from there. Yeah. And uh, and then they're like, and then it's like, okay, let me slow this down. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it's as long as they understand you, you understand them. But that's the main goal. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm just putting my brain power towards other things right now because yeah. and you pass your test, right? Yeah, easily. Yeah, I mean, that was, checked off the list, man. Yeah, it's not not now, a problem. Eat all the cheeses. That's the other. That's the next list. <laughs> that is on. That's that's what we're working on right now. May I serve you some more? Blue? I think it's Roquefort. This does look like Roquefort. Yeah. I could definitely work. I could definitely keep working on it. I think mm. it's good. It, I, when I got a little taste of this earlier, and this is also a little bit, this is a little bit softer than the last one. This one's definitely more palatable for the blue beginners. 
Mm. If you like salty cheese, is this for you? Oh, it's for me. I mean, blue cheese does exist in the U.S. as well, right? Yeah, it exists. It's like it's a famous dressing for salad. It's, in a, it's in a different form, but it, it's from the same cheese, right? Mm-hmm. I just don't see people eating it in this form in the States that much, but they eat the... I mean, it happens. The cream, the creamy... Sauce, I didn't grow like up in such dressing. classy uh, circles, so I, the blue cheese is a rarity, I think, where I... You mean... And I never touched it. <laughs> okay. I've never seen it in, uh, over there. I feel like I've definitely seen it, but... It's rare. When people talk about blue cheese, they're usually referring to the dressing that you put on. <laughs> Which is awesome, by the way. <laughs> you know, I'm, uh, sh- I don't think we should be snobs about food because, you know, there's, first of all, there's good cheeses everywhere in the world. Oh, yeah. And that, wait. I miss ranch, too. That's the sauce, blue cheese is the sauce that's used with, like, chicken wings, right? Yeah. Oh, it's phenomenal. It's delicious. Just oh. like ranch or buffalo. Oh, the States. There's plenty to miss and love about the States. Oh, my friends my friends back in college, like, they'd live across the street. They would bring back, like, a gallon of ranch every oh time they'd go back. And obviously, we'd steal it from them. We'd bring our Tupperware. It got messy, but, you I know. don't even know what I would eat ranch. I mean, I guess I could keep it here for when I order in fries or something, but. Oh, you could eat ranch with a lot of stuff. You could eat with a lot <laughs> with, of stuff. If you have a gallon of it, you can, you'll, you'll start That's eating true. a lot of things. It's really true. <laughs> I really love the fresh, like, fran- ranch dips as well that are extra thick. Those are really good. Our last cheese on the menu here is uh, Saleh-Vieux-Tunnel. Saleh? Is that Saleh-Vieux-Tunnel? Saleh, yeah. Yeah, Saleh-Vieux-Tunnel. Give this a try. Nice hard cheese. It looks like a Parmesan. But it's way softer than I expected. Got some buttery flavors mm-hmm. and um, very salty once again. Yeah, not blue salty, but definitely salty. No, yeah, it's another one that's like on the verge of crumbling, but it's just a level too soft. But it looks like it would crumble when you mm. look at it. It really looks like a parmesan. It's a similar method. It's a similar cheese, definitely. Yeah. Mm. It's good. It's nice. This one's got more of that farmy taste to it. I taste the barnyard in this one a little bit more. <laughs> you can taste the hay. Yep, you can taste the <laughs> hay. Yeah, it's true. You like it's in it's in the milk, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what you know. The that's how you know it's good. The, the animal was fed well. Mm-hmm. It's probably this is a cow cheese. Isn't mm-hmm. it? I'm yeah. guessing. Yeah, I definitely guess that's good. <laughs> Should have done some research before spitting out. You know, it's funny because I used to I, the, on the first one I had like all my like I could tell you exactly where it came from, whatever else, and then we've just been like everything's been so last minute lately. Emily's been kind enough. And it's also what can you get. So Emily's just getting off the list what she can check off mm-hmm. and trying to keep it fairly varied. Um, so, yeah, we're just going into a blind, which is kind of fun. That's great. What's your favorite? Uh, Out of this? Yeah, today. I think it has to be the blue. That was amazing. Yeah, me too. That was so good. There's more too. So once we stop recording, we don't have to stop here, which is good because I'm still hungry. Well, I am lactose intolerant. Oh, maybe so we should this, stop here. This for me is a lot of cheese. So, <laughs> but you know, worth it. Totally worth it. Yeah. Thank you for sacrificing tomorrow for me. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's a, it's a pleasure. <laughs> I do it for I do it for the country. Do it for the country. Do it for the pride. <laughs> so that's one of the things you'll have to do once you're French. Exactly. You have, Just you eat have more to cheese. overeat uh, cheese every day. I'm, I'm here for it. This yeah. is the sac- the the, uh, the service, the civil service. I'm ready and willing to render. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Bijan. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for the cheese and yeah. absolutely. Also, if people, if there anyone, if there's anyone listening who's into F1 and already into podcasts, obviously, where can they find 
the best F1 podcast. Oh, it is the best. And it's, uh, you know, it's basically my, my buddy, uh, Ryan Knowles and I, we are, uh, two big F1 fans and we'd like to, um, commentate from our armchairs. Um, and we'd like to give, you know, the best drivers in the world advice. Um, yeah. Um, so you can find us at the grandstand F1 on Spotify, uh, or whatever platform you use. And if you don't find it there, let me know. Cause that, that means that, um, my co-host is not doing a good job at putting it out there. Ooh. So, oh, a little bit of the spice you can expect, <laughs> or or just that our system is a little flawed. So yeah, let me know <laughs> <laughs> at the Grandstand F1. The Grandstand F1. They, uh, I honestly like because I'm not into F1. I enjoyed Drive to Survive at first, and I'm not as into it. However, sitting and listening to these guys talk about it is always really entertaining, and I've learned a lot. And that's the benefit of having friends that are super into F1 to the level that they can have an authoritative podcast. It's impressive. So go give them a listen. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. More updates to come. Uh, do keep an eye out on Patreon. I think we're just waiting for a form uh, to be finished, but we'll do a little form for uh, beta testing if that interests you. We'll definitely be asking you for a lot of feedback. Um, and uh, so only if you're at this point, the closed beta. I mean, you can sign up anyways if you're not that interested in, in that part, but you want to get in on the beta when it's more open. We can also let you know about that. But it's exciting. We're looking forward to getting getting it out there and uh, trying it out and seeing how it goes. So keep an eye on that. Thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, see you here again in two weeks for another episode of Garage Monologues. And it'll actually be a monologue next time.